Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook, TST underscore underscore radio and facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. There's also a backup email. The secondary email is tstradio at protonmail.com. You can find The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player where many of you might be listening right now. You can also find that same archive on our website at thesecretteachings.info. And you have to listen to advertisements when you listen to the free show archive, but... If you'd like to get access to the ad-free version, you can also do that on our website by subscribing. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info. You get access to my books, the montage archive, and a private RSS feed on our website. That supports us and keeps us on air. Also, when you buy one of my books physically on the website, that also helps to keep us on air. and allows us to do shows that are very controversial, like last night's show. We talked about mRNA gene therapy, but maybe in a different way than you've heard of it discussed on other shows before. And I asked a couple of questions last night rhetorically. I asked you as an audience to consider kind of this, this, this idea uh, or this theory of mine. Uh, and that is that companies have been working on mRNA gene therapy for a long, long time, a decade or more probably uh, officially, a very, very long time. And they've been working on gene therapy for things that are the leading causes of death. That includes heart disease, cancer, you name it. Now, those therapies were never approved. They could never get approval because gene therapy was considered too invasive and too dangerous and too unexpected. They don't know what's going to happen when you put this stuff into the human body. Now, other companies are doing these experiments in nature with plants and animals and splicing genes of insects and animals together and things like that. But in the human population, although we eat the genetically engineered foods, we haven't had real-world testing of what it would be like to directly infect the human population with gene therapy. So there needed to be a catalyst for the approval of these, what they erroneously call vaccines. They're not vaccines. It's, it's just gene therapy. It's altering your genetics. And so they have the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. And it's, it's a real thing. Obviously, we all experienced it. But it justified, with all the fear, all the terror of just basic cold-like symptoms, it terrified people into accepting emergency use authorization for everything from masks to, in a sense, an emergency use authorization even for social distancing because there's, there's no scientific basis for it whatsoever. And also, of course, for what they keep calling vaccines that aren't actually vaccines, right? So you all know this, but what you might not know, what we discussed last night, is that when this was used as justification to get the EUA for the COVID-19 vaccines, it also paved the way for not just emergency use authorization, but for just general rubber stamping from the regulatory agencies, but an approval of new types of mRNA vaccines that have nothing to do with COVID-19, but have everything to do with the gene therapy 
mRNA technology that's been developed for years and years and years that they couldn't get approval for, for basic things like, well, heart disease, cancer, things that are the leading causes of death in the United States. And now we have announcements from Moderna that they actually have this heart disease mRNA shot that regrows things in the heart and helps to solidify your heart and rejuvenate your heart after you've had a heart attack. And that heart attack could have been caused by a Pfizer vaccine. There's no doubt about it. It's official. Myocarditis, pericarditis, heart attack. These are official adverse events. But heart attack is not solely caused by a vaccine. And it certainly isn't caused by a virus. They've tried to say that the virus is causing people to have heart attacks. It's caused by other factors, including lifestyle decisions that you make and decisions that, of course, you don't make. So they've used the pandemic as a catalyst to get public approval and regulatory approval, whether it's emergency or otherwise, for these products. Okay, and gene therapy, mRNA gene therapy, arguably is transhumanism because we are merging our bodies, just like Klaus Schwab said, a merging of our biological and technological selves. We are merging our bodies with this technology, the goal of which we don't actually know. It, it, it can't be to stop heart disease because there are really simple ways to stop heart disease. Even mainline doctors will tell you there's ways to stop, to treat, to prevent, to reverse heart disease. You don't need gene therapy to do that. So gene therapy is doing, we don't know what to the body. Uh, there was a CRISPR-Cas9 study done at a major university this is in my book, The Technological Elixir. And that study showed that these mice that were reportedly blind, it's not, not a joke, they were, th- they were like three blind mice, uh, they, the scientists altered some of the genes in these mice and it resulted in huge chunks of their genome uh, basically disappearing, uh, inserts that they didn't touch or things that were removed that they didn't remove, Uh, being mixed up and mixed around. They don't know what they did to these mice. And the computer algorithms, the AI, didn't even detect or predict these genetic mutations in the mice. And that was, again, CRISPR-Cas9. A little different than mRNA technology, but it's, it's along the same route. It's gene therapy, it's transhumanism, and it's what National Geographic has, I guess you could say, bragged about in their magazines for years. And it's what we call directed evolution. So then the question becomes, is that what Jordan Tristan Walker, the supposed Pfizer director of research and development, strategic operations for mRNA scientific planning, is that what he was talking about when he said directed evolution in that Project Veritas video? When he said that Pfizer was considering mutating viruses to sell more vaccines. And he said, that's not what we call it. We don't call it gain of function. You know, that would scare people. That's illegal. We just call it, well, directed evolution. And he's talking about the viruses. But see, the thing is, on this show, I don't believe that viruses cause specific sets of symptom complexes. I just don't see the evidence for that. I see association. I see assumption. I see manipulation of context or lack of context. I just don't see it. 
I don't see how coughing and sneezing can be a distinctive set of symptoms for a coronavirus, but also the same set of symptoms for, I mean, you get those symptoms if, if you have Ebola. So clearly, it's not the same thing, Ebola and coronavirus, but you get some of the same symptoms. It's just the way that your body reacts to being poisoned or to environmental toxins or to being malnourished or to having, you know, your window open at night, you get a sore throat, it's cold, cold weather. You know, you swallow something, you start coughing, your body's trying to get that stuff up out of your lungs. Like smokers who smoke a lot, you're always coughing things up maybe later in life. So that's how your body responds to things. So if we're talking about directed evolution and we're talking about something like gene therapy and by extension transhumanism, which takes us back to the directed evolution, and we're talking about viruses and bacteria and things like this, I don't necessarily think that those things are what's causing people to, to be sick most of the time. And we have proof of that in the fact that we say cholera, for example, cholera is caused by uh, fecal bacteria. And the, the bottom line is that's kind of true, but the situation is more so not about the bacteria. It's more so about the hygiene and the cleanliness. It's more so about the the infrastructure so that we have clean water and things like that. Otherwise, you know, you, 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 you could get cholera living in the United States, whatever we call cholera, you know, if you don't have access to clean water. So it's, it's not, it's not that you need a vaccine or a drug. You just need hygiene and waste disposal. That's what helps. So when they talk about mutating these things, I'm sure that they can genetically engineer them and multi, you know, manipulate them, but that doesn't mean that those things are going to cause you to get sick. They could alter them synthetically and do things that are on the nano level with them, and perhaps that could get you sick. But the bottom line is Pfizer responded to the Jordan Tristan Walker video. And Pfizer said that the video where he's talking about directed evolution is not something that they normally do, but when they do evolve a virus when they work with, quote, evolving virus, they do this using, quote, computer simulations. Now, I sent this article with some of the other links over to our friends in the UK, Don Lester and David Parker, the authors of What Really Makes You Ill, and I asked Don, I haven't heard back from David yet, but I asked Don, and she responded to me last night, what she thinks of the Jordan Walker story, and of the computer simulations. And she said, in her opinion, from what she's read, she thinks that the Jordan Walker story might be a plant. And it might be fake. And I'm not going to, to debate that with her. I, I agree with Don. There's a very good chance that it could be a fake. I'm not saying Project Veritas doesn't do good work, but there is a good chance that Jordan Walker is, isn't, and I'm, I'm not saying he's an actor, but that the whole thing could be staged. Because the whole thing still plays along the lines of the idea that you can take a virus, manipulate it, and make people sick with a specific list of symptoms. And that's not the case. But what is the case, and what Pfizer says that is true, is that they use computer simulations to manipulate the virus. So most of the variants, all the variants that are, that are spreading through the air and through flatulence and through touching and kissing and drinking and eating, all of that is 
not happening in real life. All of that is happening in a computer simulation. It's all fictitious. It's all made up. Now, I'm not saying computer simulations can't be beneficial for predicting behavior or predicting certain events. We use them all the time to predict the weather. But conducting computer simulations for viruses and then telling people there's this new strain of virus and then selling you actual real-world products for something that's on a computer, that's really shady, really unethical, and probably highly illegal. But that's how the whole virus, bacteria system works. It's all done on a computer. It's a computer simulation, and then they tell you, this is what we found. That's why there are HIV inserts in the, in the virus. It's not because they're merging things together per se, and I've had to learn this in the last four years myself. I've had to learn the, the, the intricacies of this and the details. They're just, on a computer, they simulate what they think it looks like, and then they add in things from other simulations, other templates, if you will, and then they create this little gen- digitally uh, uh, produced virus. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't things under a microscope, of course. There really are things under a microscope. But what is that, and does that cause disease? Those are big questions. And can you replicate that transmission of disease and certain symptoms and then extract that material and then purify it and, you know, coax postulates and all this? But the reason I bring this up again tonight, and I, and I wanted to spend the first segment sort of, let's say, just recapping last night's show, is because after the Jordan Walker story came out, whether it's totally fake or it's very real, and Pfizer basically lets the pills out of the bag, the cat out of the bag, with admitting that most of their virus mutations are just computer simulations. It's not real. Nobody mentions that, though. If you read the whole Pfizer press release, they literally they literally say what they're doing with viruses is not in a lab, per se. It's on a computer. It's not real. It's fake, like all the climate change predictions and all the... The, the, the ocean level rises and the, and the ice caps melting and the polar bears dying. All of that's on a computer. It's a computer simulation. Okay, it's all a computer simulation. It's computer models, all of it. But when we got done with the show last night, I thought, you know what? There is one piece of information that, that we could build on for another show tonight. And that is this story here. This is from January 30th. January 30th, just a few days ago. And maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't. The media hasn't been too particularly interested in covering it because it undermines their authority and power. This is from The Hill. And any other news site, I'm sure, has covered it. Even CNN's probably covered it. But here it is. Biden administration plans to end COVID public health emergency in May. The Biden administration, just this Monday, announced that the COVID-19 public health emergency which has been in place since January of 2020. So we're looking at three years of living under emergency rule. I want to say dictatorship, but it's not not that bad. But emergency rule. And that is set to end now on May 11th. According to the OMB, the Office of Management and Budget, this is a quote, the COVID-19 National Emergency and Public Health Emergency, PHE, were declared by the Trump administration in 2020. That's right, all you Trump supporters. Trump's the one that declared the emergency and then maintained the emergency, and then the Biden administration just extended the emergency. 
So you can thank Trump for the emergency and you can thank Trump for the vaccines that he won't disavow. This man is not a leader, certainly a better leader than Biden, but he is not a leader that this country needs, in in my opinion. The OMB statement goes on. They are currently set, these emergencies, set to expire on March 1st and April 11th. At present, the administration's plan is to extend the emergency declaration to May 11th and then end both emergencies on that date. Now, these emergencies have been renewed 12 times under two different administrations. On January 11th, earlier last month, the recent renewal was declared. Supposed to end coming up in about a month, March and April, for the two different, the national emergency and then the public health emergency. But they're going to extend them until May, and then they're going to end the emergencies and call it not a day, but three years. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, if that Jordan Walker video is true, let's say it's very real, which I lean in the direction of believing that it's that it's very real, I think that it's quite convenient that we hear that story and there's admittance, acknowledgement, open declaration, just bragging with that disturbing laugh that he has that Pfizer is manipulating viruses. And this is just the mainstream point of view. Pfizer's manipulating viruses. They don't necessarily conduct gain of function. They call it directed evolution. They use computer simulations. And it's all to scare you, to trick you into taking a vaccine, to selling more vaccines. I mean, that's quite literally the plot of the TV show Utopia. They literally just create a pandemic. It's artificial. It's made up to get you to take the vaccine, which is real, where the real kill shot is, which is sterilization in the TV show. I'm not saying that's what is happening here, unless you look at what Dr. Michael Yeadon and Wolfgang Woldark said, but that's a kind of a separate thing. Not the point here. The point is, once this is admitted, hey, look, by the way, the masking, the social distancing, and all of the other things that we did just for two weeks turned out to all, I mean, for some people can't, Acknowledge this, but for the most part, it's it's all just totally acknowledged to be made up junk garbage. It's not science. It's psychology. It's manipulation. A lot of this stuff was planned. A lot of the, the social uh, distancing, masking and all of this stuff, including some of the vaccines. A lot of the stuff was approved or it was discussed way before you heard of coronavirus. And that's provable. And I've, I've proven that with the documents in my book, The Technological Elixir. I have a whole chapter on it. It's provable. It's not debatable. It's provable. So a lot of that stuff was planned. Not everything, but some stuff was planned. When you find out it's all garbage, it's all nonsense, and then you find out that the vaccines are just being sold to you under the guise of computer-simulated viruses that don't actually don't actually cause any kind of disease, that they can't, they're on a computer, literally, then suddenly the White House says, we're going to end the emergency. I don't think that we can reasonably believe that this is a coincidence. I don't think that that's reasonable. I don't think that it's logical. I don't think that it makes any sense. I think it's a little bit naive to think that right when we learn that Pfizer, after all the adverse events were admitted and the documents were dumped under a federal judge's order, the Pfizer uh, FDA documents with pages of adverse events that were possible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The whole, you won't get sick, 
then the whole, well, you can get sick, but you can't transmit it. Then the whole, well, you can get sick, you can transmit it, but the sickness won't be as bad. Then it's just, it doesn't do anything. Then it's, well, it actually causes harm, thrombosis, myocarditis, pericarditis, stroke. The bivalent vaccine causes stroke, but they're going ahead to make all vaccines bivalent now. You learn all that. And then finally, they just say, yeah, we made it all up. It's just, it's all on the computer and we're just selling you the vaccines. <laughs> like that TV show, Utopia. Then suddenly the White House is like, yeah, uh, the emergency is over. Now they have to wait a few months and it's it's understandable. They have to wait a few months. I really do get that. It makes a lot of sense because you've got the whole system has changed in three years. So you, it's going to be really hard to just end it immediately. So we're going to have supposedly a, a wind down of these policies and the way that things are done in hospitals and with insurance, etc., over the next few months, and then hopefully it ends in May. But then again, these are the same people that told us two weeks, which turned into three years. Now they're telling us, just wait another March, April, May, two to three months, depending on the emergency. But they, they should both end by, by May 11th. It should all be over. Do you believe that? Maybe, maybe not. But I do find it interesting that the White House says, we're going to end these emergencies right when it comes out that Pfizer just got caught again lying, manipulating data, and trying to sell you things based on that fraudulent, out-of-context, fictitious, manipulated data. Quite convenient, wouldn't you say? Really convenient, actually. They create the idea of a problem and then offer the solution. That's, that's classic textbook, isn't it? And it's kind of similar to what I've been saying about the ozone layer. I don't know if you heard this, but recently the ozone layer reportedly NPR and a lot of other news outlets have reported this. The ozone layer stratosphere is healing, it's healing. Now, we haven't officially done anything to heal it. I thought humans were responsible for destroying the ozone layer. It's what environmentalists and people like that have told us for a long time, long before my time. But now apparently the ozone layer is healing and it's the stratosphere. And it also just happens to be announced that the ozone layer is healing, particularly the stratosphere, right when the New Yorker and all these other big publications finally admit geoengineering is a real thing. And they're manipulating the stratosphere, spraying everything from diamond dust to sulfur dioxide. And magically, that's what's healing the ozone layer. At least I'm pretty sure that's where they're going to go with it. The ozone layer is being healed with geoengineering and the ozone layer and all the other climate related problems we have. A lot of that's done on computers, just like with viruses. They offer the vaccine, which is exactly what geoengineering has been referred to a vaccine for the climate or the environment. Now, despite all of that, despite all the things you've heard, just like with viruses and disease and all that, scientists are now telling us that it's too soon to attribute most, if not all weather, uh, to climate change. It's just, you can't do it. So we're going to talk about that tonight here on The Secret Teachings. And also, how scientists have now figured out that methane has not only drastically increased because of lockdowns and other things like that, something we told you over a year and a half ago, but they think they've, they've figured out what the problem is. And once again, it is man-made. It's just not the people that you think. It's not you and your family. 
It's the big corporations, it's the policies of government officials, etc. that are causing the problems. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. I don't need it. And for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need it. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. I definitely don't need it. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I need support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. So you're here for three years, emergency, 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 don't touch each other, don't look at each other, get a vaccine. And then it turns out that all those things are based on junk science. There's no science behind social distancing. There's no science behind wearing a mask. There's no science behind getting one of these COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. In fact, the only science conducted is done in a computer simulation. The only science conducted is done in the real world where you are the experiment. Then when we find out about all the adverse events and how it's all part of a computer simulation, it's all fake. It's all about making money, perhaps sterilizing the population as well. Then you find out that the close associate of coronavirus or COVID-19 is climate change. And you find out that climate change is being handled in a very similar way. I've said this over and over again, so excuse my repetition, but wearing a mask, not breathing, carbon dioxide, locking down, not going anywhere, not driving your car, carbon dioxide. We have to stop because the planet is dying because we could get other people sick. The mRNA vaccine is a vaccine for the coronavirus and geoengineering is a vaccine for climate change. And you just hear it constantly, nonstop. Just nag, 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 nag by wealthy people who own boats and planes and multiple houses and 
while Joe Biden is telling you about climate change, he owns houses on the beach, at least one luxurious home on the beach, which I'm sure is filled with classified documents. And yet, when all the dust settles from the fear-mongering and the threats and the coercion and the manipulation and the gaslighting, ultimately scientists tell us, yeah, you really can't link things like the atmospheric rivers in California recently. 22 people died. I mean, if you think that's a big number of people, then you need to take a look at the death statistics every single day from the poor choices that people make, from cigarette smoking to not taking care of yourself with exercise and de-stressing and eating poorly, because those numbers are in the thousands per day, hundreds per hour, perhaps, depending on where you are. Some states, it's worse than others, but across the whole country, 1,600 people die a day needlessly from heart disease. Needlessly. These aren't people that would otherwise die. These are people that would otherwise survive if they just made some choices that were different. Some people have other problems. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people that could be saved. 1,600 a day on average. That's just from heart disease. When you're talking about, let's say, cancer, stroke, people that die from cigarette smoking, it's over about half a million a year. It's a lot of people that could be saved. But instead, we're going to focus on 22 people that died in storms that hit California in late December. And they, they kind of, I think they lasted, you know, these series of storms lasted until the 16th of January, just a few weeks ago. So there was extreme flooding, a lot of damage, 22 people died. And Joe Biden said, who has the beachfront property, by the way, Joe Biden said, quote, if anybody doubts that climate is changing, which is a true statement, the climate's always changing, then they must have been asleep for the last couple of years. And that's kind of ironic. He would say that because Joe Biden is usually asleep all the time, whether that's figuratively or in a lot of cases, literally, he is just asleep in meetings, etc. He later said, for example, places that were ravaged by past wildfires are now at a higher risk of landslides. Extreme weather caused by climate change means stronger and more frequent storms, more intensive droughts, longer wildfire seasons, all of which threaten communities across California. Why is it just California then? I mean, certainly... If you take Joe Biden's stance and you were sitting here with me tonight and you were arguing his stance, you'd say, well, it's not just California. And I'd agree with you. It's not just California where we hear these types of stories. But when the president says all these things threaten California, and when you always hear about wildfires, most of which are in California, you wonder why if the planet is overheating and we're all going to die in some big pit of fire like Revelations or something, that you'd see the rest of the state erupting in flames. Why don't you see? Why don't you see other states erupting in flames in the same way? I mean, you, you do get that. I lived in Boise, in Idaho. You get fires there, but that's normal. Lightning strikes usually. Sometimes, I guess, very rarely. Maybe someone smokes a cigarette and throws it out the out the window, uh, you know, or something of their car, but it, or on a trail up in the mountains and the foothills. It's usually lightning, though. Sometimes it's fireworks, but it's usually lightning that causes those problems. Well, the climate's changing. It's making things drier. The lightning strikes, then it causes a fire. Well, they always have fires there. Why do they have fires in California? Well, it's they say it's wildfire season, but it's usually because they refuse to do any kind of forest management. So 
The idea is if we touch the forest, that's unnatural. And then when there's a fire, that's also unnatural, even though fires are natural. And if you work with the forest, because you, you, you have to, if you want to live in harmony with it, if you're living in a place that otherwise would just be wooded area, and if you're ripping all that out to build homes in a fire lane where there's typically fires, then you can't blame nature and you can't blame yourself, you know, for breathing too much. You should blame yourself for not managing the forest and living in harmony with the natural environment to the best of your abilities in the modern age. So fires is a ridiculous excuse for climate change. It's just the association global warming, climate change, fire, and it paints this picture. That's all about words. That's all that it is. It's a war of the words, not a war of the world. It's a war of the words. And then intense drought. Well, funny, because just like with everything else in life, you get an extreme over here, you get an extreme over there. When you got droughts in one place, you got floods in another place. And Joe Biden says that all of these things are threatening California. They've got more frequent storms, intense droughts. They don't have enough water. But in other places, there's just back up in this article from factcheck.org. These storms caused extreme flooding. They caused extreme flooding, but then there's also extreme droughts in California. So which is it? Is it extreme weather that's causing extreme wetness or extreme dryness? Can't you have the same at the same time? I See, this is confusing. But according to factcheck.org, they're the fact checkers. According to factcheck.org, there's good scientific basis to think that storms, including this type that struck California, are generally becoming more extreme due to climate change. You notice those words they select there? Did you catch those words? Generally, good, <laughs> think. Let me read that to you again. There is a good scientific basis. What is a good scientific basis? That doesn't sound very scientific. Usually they say there's a factual scientific basis. No, it's just a good scientific basis. It's a good basis. It's a desire. Good means desirable, so it's a desirable basis. Sure, if it's political, it's desirable to suggest that this is what's happening. So it's a desirable scientific basis to think, not to believe, not to look at facts, but to think that storms, including this type that struck California, are generally <laughs> becoming more extreme due to climate change. But climate scientists told factcheck.org it's too soon to know whether climate change had a role in this particular event. And if so, to what degree? Because you can't quantify it. Period. Living here in Tucson, Arizona, I've lived here two, about, well, almost two full years. And by the time I leave here, it'll probably be two and a half years total, maybe three years. I'm, I'm not sure how long I'm going to stay here. But Tucson has been colder consistently every year on average over the last decade plus. The last summer we had, it didn't reach one, I think it was like 114, maybe one day. But that's way below the average for those, those particular days. I looked them up. Because I remember when I lived here in 2016, 2017, it was 117 degrees a few days. They might even got to 119 a couple days. Those same days, though, living here now, they're way cooler. In fact, it's been way colder this winter, and it'll be a lot cooler this summer. It's consistently cooler here in Tucson. But they use Tucson as an example because even a cool Tucson or a cool Phoenix is still hotter 
than the average everywhere else in the country. So, like, for example, there was um, there was a football game up in Phoenix. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the Arizona Cardinals. And it was on TV because it's, it's local. And I was like, oh, I, I don't mind Tom Brady. I went, I'm to Tampa. I like, I'm from Tampa. So I, I watched a little bit of the game. And there was talk about how it was like 75 degrees out and it's 8 o'clock at night and that's really hot. And it's like, it's climate change. It's like, no, it's not climate change. That's just Phoenix at night and 75 is a pretty good temperature. That's usually how warm it is in Florida too. But other parts of the country were experiencing extreme cold. So it seems like it's global warming, despite the fact that you're stuck in a blizzard because it's warmer somewhere else. That must be global warming. That's delusional thinking is what it is. And scientists keep saying, hey, we don't know. You know, we, we have we, we can't attribute these storms or climate change to these storms, these storms to climate change. We can't do it. Why? Because there's no way to quantify it and verify it and say that this event here was caused by this. So it's the same thing with a virus. They can associate, they can have good science, they can think that you're coughing and you're sneezing and you're whatever your symptoms are, are generally a result of having a particle in your body. But they can't say that for sure because they haven't been able to demonstrate it or prove it. So factcheck.org is telling us scientists don't know if climate change has played a role in the storms in California or any storms for that matter. And that's really strange, don't you think? Wouldn't you think that the fact checkers would be able to find the facts if there were facts? And if fact checkers aren't looking at facts and they're just a propaganda arm of the mainstream establishment, why is it that they tell you on TV every day, climate change, climate change, climate change, disease, 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 but then when you look at what Pfizer says about how they mutate their viruses, it's all done in a computer. When you look at what the scientists say about climate change, when it's not politicized directly, suddenly it's, we don't actually have any evidence or proof of that. It's all just getting you to believe that you can infer something from a statement or from a picture, right? It's like when they show you pictures of, you know, strong wind blowing and rain and, oh, that must be climate change. No, that's just weather. (laughs) That's just weather. That's what it looks like. Climate scientists are saying, yeah, we really can't know. One scientist from Scripps Institution of Oceanography at the University of California, San Diego, said it's an active area of research. We are not entirely sure. This is Julie Kalansky. We are not entirely sure. They don't know. Daniel Swain, or Spine, I think it's Swain, a climate scientist at the University of California at Los Angeles, told factcheck.org, all extreme weather events are the result of multiple complex and interrelated processes happening across time and space. Therefore, climate change is not the singular cause of the storms. And then they asked him, but did it affect the intensity and he says the answer is probably yes, but we, we don't know for sure. So, <laughs> again, you can't make these statements factually, scientifically, or logically. If you think that storms are specifically directly connected to climate change, then you fundamentally do not understand what the climate is, what the environment is. You fundamentally are not a scientist and you certainly don't support quote-unquote science. 
And that's, that's the scientism. That's the cult of scientism. Some scientists told me that it's happening, so I believe it because it benefits me politically and it gives me social credit so that I can live and do whatever I want to do and believe whatever I want to believe. And if someone doesn't like how I live or what I think or what I believe or what I'm doing to them, if I'm causing harm, then they just deny that the climate exists or something like that. Do you deny the climate? What do you mean do I deny the climate? It's Yeah, it's, climate's a thing. But scientists tell you we can't really tell for sure. And if it is affecting it, I mean, theoretically, you could say possibly it's affecting it, but we don't know for sure. Then you can't make statements. You shouldn't be able to make declarations of this is what we need to do to stop climate change. But but the scientists can't actually determine what's happening. So it's all made up. The whole Paris Climate Agreement, it's all the equivalent of or literally a computer simulation. It's fake. It's made up. It's not real. It's synthetic. It's digital. It's artificial. It's fictitious. And 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 this is the the disturbing thing is that you have these you have these people, just regular old scientists like this woman at the University of California, this guy at the the University of California, Los Angeles. Uh, one, well, California, Los Angeles, and the other one at the California San Diego University. And they're both saying, like, maybe, but you, you can't quantify that. You can't, you can't determine that that's what's happening. So what's all the, the focus on then? What, what, what's, all the, 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 uh, what's all this energy and attention and fear, et cetera, about the climate? It, it, it's nothing. It's, it's made up. Made up, totally fictitious. Scientists tell us again, you cannot attribute these storms to climate change. And you can't because, like Daniel Swan said, it's a complex and interrelated process. That doesn't stop Bloomberg from reporting, however, the very next day, January 31st, a deadly overlooked consequence of climate change. I bet you can guess what that deadly consequence of climate change is and that deadly consequence that overlooked consequence is disease according to bloomberg the largest cholera outbreak in mulawi recently has increasingly shown that or has shown that increasingly extreme weather is having negative impacts on health once again just like with california Droughts and floods all at the same time. But that all has to be climate change. And then you look at Malawi and you find that there's a cholera epidemic. A thousand people have died of cholera in the past year. Not really a lot of, a lot of people, I don't think. Not, I mean, there's a lot of people, but where is Malawi? It's in East Africa. Okay, not, not the most developed part of the world you're going to have cholera. It's because you don't have cleaner water. Now, I'm not saying that you, um, you, you can't find, you can only find this in Malawi. You find this all over the world. This is what Bloomberg's reporting. Uh, there's cholera in India. There's cholera, there's probably cholera in San Francisco, really, in Portland, because of the terrible conditions that some people live on in the streets. But Bloomberg is saying that over the past year, a thousand people have died in Malawi 
because of cholera. They say it's a disease, rightfully so, a disease that's preventable and very easy to treat. The disease is endemic to the East African country, but this outbreak has taken more lives than any in the past. So it's endemic, and it's been happening for a long time, but because a few more people die this time, climate change is at least partly to blame. I find that to be extremely, extremely misleading and very anti-scientific. Basically, what they're saying from Bloomberg is, this always happens, but a few extra people died this time. It must be because of climate change, even though this happens all the time. It has to be because of climate change. The article says, it began when Malawi, along with Madagascar, Mozambique, and Zimbabwe, were hit by a series of cyclones and storms starting in January of 2022, so last year. That caused floods, deaths, and displacement across the region. So you can see what they're getting at. Floods, you know, storms, it's going to mix, you know, the waters together and contaminate your water. And this, again, is not one of the most developed nations in the world. So you're going to have some problems. But that's going to happen even if you don't have the storms, because if you don't have the right sanitation processes or infrastructure, technology, or, you know, the right hygiene practices, then you're, you're still going to have these problems. According to World Weather Attribution, a group of scientists that assess the role of climate change in extreme weather events, global warming, they say, has made those storms wetter and more intense than they would otherwise have been. Once again, you cannot quantify that. They made the storm wetter. How how can (laughs) I'm standing out in a storm being soaked with rain. You see how your clothes are totally soaked there? See, if this wasn't if this if this was just normal, you'd have areas of your clothes that were still dry. Yeah, but it's a it's it's rain. I'm going to get wet all over. Yeah, but it's wetter rain. This water is wetter because of climate change. It's totally ludicrous. Uh, they say that this weather is hitting vulnerable communities harder. Y- yeah, usually the case. Uh, not necessarily the weather, but the policies that we implement to stop climate change they will affect vulnerable communities, like increased gas prices, increased costs of food, increased costs of basic necessities. Increased costs of basic, uh, maybe basic, basic medical treatments. Increased cost of, uh, you know, everything. Just basically living. And then you want vulnerable communities that already are very vulnerable and poor. You want them to buy an electric car because that'll save the world. It's very, very tone deaf when people say stuff like that. And they say... Because of these storms, it's, it's, this is the wettest rain you've ever felt. It's so You never felt rain that's this wet before. And that led to an outbreak of disease in East Africa. The article says, though the link between climate and health outcomes is not yet well understood by practitioners, the connections are increasingly clear. Heat waves cause thousands of deaths, with many failing, falling victims or falling victim, excuse me, because their homes aren't adapted to hotter weather. The 2022 heat wave in Europe led to more than 20,000 excess deaths. Okay, so here's one of those things, once again, where true statement, kind of, I mean, you can't absolutely say that 20,000 people who died in Europe from heat waves died from heat waves. Usually the people that die in heat waves are people that are homeless, people that can't afford or don't have access to an air conditioner and they want to take air conditioners away to save the world when air conditioners can actually help to prevent people from dying, vulnerable people. And also, how many of those 20,000 people died from other things? 
I mean, it could be anything. Literally, it could be suicide. It, it, maybe they got a COVID-19 shot. It could be anything. Anything. But they died during the heat wave, so they died from the heat wave. Just like with COVID. You died in a motorcycle crash, but you died during a pandemic, so you actually died with and therefore from COVID because it's a particle that's probably in your body whether you're sick or not. 20,000 deaths, probably not that much. But even if it is, what is it attributed to? They just attribute it directly to the heat wave. It must have been the heat wave. Probably not. And that's logical to, to think that people are dying from other reasons. You, they just come right to, the, right to the morgue and they're like, yep, heat wave, heat wave, heat wave, heat wave, heat wave. We don't even need to look at them. But the other thing is heat waves, they say, cause thousands of deaths. That's very true. Heat waves do cause thousands of deaths. But you know what causes more deaths? Like a lot more deaths, like tens of thousands, like hundreds of thousands, maybe millions a year on average. Cold. Cold weather causes hundreds of thousands of deaths a year. The numbers vary by year. But one of the biggest studies conducted on this in The Lancet found that you are substantially, like massively more likely to die from exposure to colder weather, because they just looked at the data from all these countries, than from hot weather. In other words, global warming will actually save more lives than it will take if we're just talking about temperatures. Even if the warming temperatures, let's say, let's just break this down really simple. I'm, I'm Personally, I'm not good with seeing numbers in my head, so I would like to break things down really simple. Let's say one person dies a year from warm temperatures, okay? But the, the statistical difference, and this is not a, an actual statistical number because I'm, I'm using one in 10, but let's say 10 people die because it's that big of a difference from cold every year. Let's say increasing heat, however causes an additional person to die. So now two people die from heat. But increased heat prevents, let's say, four people from dying from cold. More people are dying from heat. Way less people are dying from cold. You're saving four lives from the cold weather, even if one additional person dies from heat. And that's what is actually happening in the real world outside of the computer models. Cold weather kills a lot more. The article goes on to say droughts cause starvation and reduce nutrition. Actually, most modern lifestyles cause reduced nutrition. And they go on to say, and this is like what always happens in a lot of these articles, just like fear, 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 terror, 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 false associations. And then at the end, they're like, then there's cholera, a disease of poverty and poor infrastructure. The strains of bacteria that cause cholera spread through the fecal oral route, which tends to happen in places where there is a lack of access to clean water and poor hygiene. Oh, so so I was right. That's what causes cholera. It's not even necessarily the bacteria. It's just you're you're literally drinking poop. So, yeah, that's going to make you sick. It is a disease of poverty, poor infrastructure, which means waste management. Not clean water and food food or water that's contaminated, and just poor hygiene. Really? So uh, we were right the whole time. It's hygiene, infrastructure, and water and food. And Bloomberg just openly states that at the end, but that's not what most people read. Most people read this, deadly overlooked consequence of climate change disease. 
And then you get to the end, they're like, actually, this disease is not caused by climate change. This disease is caused by poverty, poor infrastructure, poor access to water, food, and hygiene. It's a big joke. It's a big joke. That's what it is. Somebody somewhere is laughing at you. They also say, according to The Independent, back in November of last year, climate change is worsening headaches. You got a headache? That's climate change too. It's also causing neurological diseases. They've gone so far now to say that hot weather and cold weather both cause heart attacks. That's why we're seeing increases in heart attacks. Probably not hot and cold weather. Probably not the vaccine. It's probably the lifestyle that you live. That's probably what's causing the 1,600 people a a day to die from a preventable and treatable condition. Now, again, there are other people that die that that it's not considered treatable or curable. But we're just talking about the people that could be cured. It's like 1,600 a day. That's a lot of people. Isn't that an emergency? Maybe. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Artie Gable at Yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info. Please subscribe. Please buy a book. More after this. Don't go anywhere. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings radio show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio and for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Laura. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable because he never fails to provide us with great information from various topics on which he's done extensive and thorough research to back them. Thank you for all that you do and all your hard work, Ryan, and thank you for sharing it with the rest of us. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. In Octane, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Think about your hero. 
when you're at ground zero and crawl up to the fall up back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You are listening to The Secret Teachings radio show, I'm your host, Ryan Gable. You can catch the show Monday through Friday, five nights a week, roundzero.radio. You can also find us on any radio or podcast player after the initial broadcast. You can listen to the show for free, download the show for free. If you listen to the show for free and you hear all those advertisements, we get paid for that, so I really appreciate you sticking through all those ads to get to the real substance of the broadcast. I know it can be annoying, so we have a ad-free archive at the secretteachings.info. I'd appreciate if you support us that way, where you buy one of my books. It keeps us on air. We do this professionally, and we don't have sponsors that tell us what we can and can't say, so you sponsor us when you buy a subscription, buy a book, or donate to the show. You can do that through PayPal or Cash App. There are links on the website. And if you have any questions about that or anything else, email me directly at rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. So the Biden administration has announced that they are going to end the COVID public health emergencies, the national emergency and the public health emergency, starting on May 11th. These emergencies were supposed to end in March and April. They've decided to extend them again, but promise that they will end in May. Do we believe that? Not necessarily because these are the same people that told us two weeks. But if it is true, it's kind of a coincidence, most would say. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's on par with the course that this happens right after the video from Project Veritas comes out, pretty much solidifying the deal with Pfizer, where we've already found out that Pfizer and Moderna and all these corporations and all these politicians lied to us about infection, about spread, about sickness, etc. And now Pfizer, with one of their executives, is on video saying, yeah, we mutate viruses to sell vaccines. Except when Pfizer says we mutate viruses, they actually end up telling you the truth, because no one's going to believe it or understand it anyway, that when they mutate a virus, it's done through computer simulations, and that's their own words. They say, evolving virus is, quote, conducted using computer simulations. That's their website. They're not playing around with it in a lab, unless there's it's a computer lab. That's where they're playing around with the virus. It's a computer lab. It's made up. It's not real. And then they sell you the vaccines. Same thing with climate change. Computer models of the climate computer models of viruses, they justify real-world, real-life responses. Just when we find out that we were lied to and that there's actually adverse events and people actually do die, but not everybody's dying from the vaccines. In fact, a small number of people are, and these companies are right about that. Then they've got solutions to those problems that they've cooked up in a lab, an actual lab. And then once we find out they're doing this through computers and trying to get us to 
take part in this experiment, and suddenly there's no more emergency anymore. I'd look over the next couple of months for drastic draconian measures to be pumped out of the White House, executive orders, executive orders, executive orders, because of the COVID emergencies. If they're going to end, then they got to take full advantage of that. So watch out for that. Same Biden administration says, and by the way, the Trump administration, they put those orders in place, so you can thank the orange man for that. Uh, but the Biden administration now says something the orange administration did not say, that climate change is causing all these storms to hit California. Why are we not getting the same storms in other parts of the world? Maybe we are, but can you link them all to climate change? According to factcheck.org and according to scientists from the University of California and the University of California, Los Angeles and San Diego, no, you can't. Julie Kalinske said, we are not entirely sure it's an active area of research. You can't quantify that this storm caused this was caused by this uh, vague, ambiguous thing that we call climate change. Likewise, Daniel Swan said it, it might be making a, a change or a difference, but he said that it's a, it's a complex series of interrelated processes happening across the, the world, across time and space. You can't reduce it to a singular thing. If only doctors and healthcare providers would say the same thing about disease. It, it's not something you can link to a particle. It's a, it's a multiple or multi-layer complex series of interrelated processes that's happening across time and space, just like disease, just like illness. Climate change is not caused by a singular thing, and disease is not caused by a singular thing. They want to reduce it to a singular thing because it makes it easier to control the narrative politically, socially, culturally, economically, etc., but also because it makes it easier to solve that problem, even if it's not an actual problem, with a singular solution, vaccine, geoengineering, and the same response. It's a hammer smashing a nail, and not the uh, Pelosi hammer. It's a different kind of hammer. Smashing the nail. One tool, one response. So according to factcheck.org, they say that all of this weather in California over the last month is actually caused by, well, they can't say what it's caused by because they don't actually know. Funny how that works. In fact, not only do they not know, they actually tell you in this factcheck.org article how they conduct the science to determine this. And here's what they say. This is a quote. There is a good scientific basis to think that storms, including the type that struck California, are generally becoming more extreme due to climate change. Let me read that again. There is good, which means desired, so certainly it's desired scientific basis, to think, you can think, doesn't mean it's true, that storms are generally, not specifically, not particularly, but generally becoming more extreme due to climate change. How can you quantify extreme? Because according to Studies on hurricane intensity and frequency. Hurricane frequency is only occurring, like it's increasing, because we're monitoring it more. If we don't pay attention to it, then it's not it's not more frequent. That's literally, I think that was I think that was a nature article. But that's that's what happens. Like if you're not looking for storms. You know, where you see, okay, we're tracking three hurricanes a year. We're just barely paying attention to it. Then we decide, well, we should probably pay more attention to it. 
So let's really invest money in tracking storms. And then suddenly you find there's 10 hurricanes a year instead of three. Why? Well, again, because now you're paying more attention to it. So you're definitely going to find more hurricanes. And they're probably going to be, if you've got 10 total instead of three total, then you're probably going to have more intense storms. Is it because of the weather changing or climate changing? Or is it because you're monitoring it? And that's what the studies have found. It's because we're observing it. It's observant observant practices. It's kind of like quantum mechanics almost. You know, things change when you observe them. When we observe them, things change. Same thing with disease. When you get everybody so panicked and terrified over whether or not they're going to get somebody else sick or they're going to get sick, and even though the sickness is really just vague symptoms that are no different than if you, you know, you you swallow your, your food wrong and you just have a little cough, it, 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 it's the same thing. You get people focused on it, and then when people get focused on it, what happens? They get they get sick. You know what? Did, what did the uh, what did the comedian Lewis Black say about that? He had a whole stand up piece one time. He said, "I got on a plane one time." They said I'm flying to Los Angeles, and they had a they had a magazine on the plane about <laughs> a magazine on the plane about uh, diabetes. And he said I read that whole article. And by the time that plane landed, I had diabetes. <laughs> and that's that's basically what it is. That's that's why we get sick. That's why we think the weather's changing constantly. Uh, it's changing aggressively and violently. It's because we're observing it. And what you know what might be the the strongest on record or the hottest day is for that particular day at that particular time. And, and the climate and weather are not, I mean, they're, they're cyclical, but they're not that specific. They vary. I mean, if you get a half a degree variance from one year to the next, from a certain day at a certain time, when you take the temperature reading at a certain location, you know, all those are variables. Isn't that kind of like, like I'm not, I wasn't big into science when I was in school, like, earth science or chemistry or biology, but I do know that like you, there are variables in science. You can't just say one singular thing. That's like the, the, the antithesis of the scientific process. So scientists say that you can't attribute these things to climate change and they're not the only ones. I pulled this clip back out from hurricane Ian. Remember this hurricane Ian strikes the state of Florida and Don Lemon is on CNN trying to get the NOAA, one of the NOAA directors, to say that the hurricane is strong because of climate change. And then when the guy won't acknowledge that, Don Lamont says, well, I grew up in Florida, so I know that they're stronger. Really? Well, then I, I grew up in Florida. I'm from Florida. I'm a Florida man. I'm going to cancel out Don Lamont's statement because I lived in Florida, and I don't think they're getting more intense if we're just going to use that kind of, that kind of argument. Take a listen to this. Can you tell us what this is and what effect climate change has on this phenomenon? Well, we can come back and talk about climate change at a later time. I want to focus on the here and now. We think the rapid intensification is probably almost... Now, Don doesn't listen to any of this. He just ignores it and goes right back to the question. Still over the warm waters of the uh, eastern Gulf of Mexico, but I don't think we're going to get any more rapid intensification. If you look here, you can actually see, pretty interesting for your viewers, you can actually see a second eye wall forming around the... Don doesn't care about that eye wall. Basically, the second eye wall has over taken the original eyewall and that should arrest development um so listen i just i'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change but what what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that that is happening now because it seems these storms are intensifying that's the question i don't think you can link climate change to any one event 
on the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse, uh, but um, to link it to any one event, um, I, I would caution against that. Yeah, you can't, you can't do it. <laughs> you can't link it to a particular event. Does anybody not, does anybody see, or, or, or do you not see that it's the same thing? Okay, that particle causes that disease. No, it doesn't. The action of you driving or having kids, or that causes this to happen in the climate. No, it doesn't. It's ludicrous. And this is a NOAA director, the acting director of NOAA at the time, the national, uh, at the National Hurricane Center. It's the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, the National Hurricane Center, NHC. And he's telling Don Lemon on CNN, yeah, you can't, you can't say that, that you, you can't know that. I mean, maybe on the whole it is, but we can't say that that caused this storm. It's, it's so anti-science, truly anti-science. And the other thing is this guy, this director, his name is Jamie Rome. He's trying to explain this eye walls breaking down. It's it'll, I, I think he's trying to say it's, it'll de-intensify. So it's like, it's, it's, it's hitting the state. It's going to be pretty big, but it's, you know, eventually he's just explaining the storm. Eventually it'll dissipate and everything will be okay. Don, Don's not, he's not curious about that. He's not concerned about that. He's concerned with terrifying his audience over climate change, with which, which then the NOAA director says, actually, you can't say that because it's bonkers. It's made up. It's fictitious. It's BS. So that's what NOAA says. But that's not what they tell you on the news every night. Here's what they tell you on the news every night. This is a broadcast from Melbourne, Australia. Take a listen to what they say about climate change. Melbourne's wildly fluctuating weather could be putting Victorians at greater risk of cancer or other illnesses. A Monash University study has looked at the long-term impact of the city's famous four seasons in one day with surprising results. From summer snow to searing heat days later... Melbourne is notorious for having one of the most temperamental climates in the world. Over the past couple of days and weeks, we've certainly lived up to that reputation. But according to a new study, our wild weather could be taking a serious toll on our health. Our study is the first to look at uh, the temperature fluctuation and the gene expression. First in Australia and the first in the world. Researchers from Monash University collected blood samples from 479 people exposed to fluctuating temperatures each day for a week. They found significant changes to genes linked to diseases like breast and colorectal cancer, schizophrenia, depression and bipolar. The findings are significant, but it's still early days. Researchers have only tested females so far. They hope to assess men and pregnant women exposed to the same conditions in the near future. 1.75 million deaths are associated with unstable temperatures around the globe each year, and older Australians face the biggest risk. Researchers hope the breakthrough will lead to further action against climate change. In the meantime, there are small steps you can take to protect yourself. Okay, so there's a lot in that clip. Number one, the millions of deaths attributed to fluctuations in temperature, almost all of that is because people are dying from cold weather. Number two, they're saying that Melbourne, different parts of Australia, they have this ex extreme erratic weather, but that they're famous for it, so they always have it. But then this study is conducted and it shows that gene expression can change because of the weather, which is certainly true. You adapt to where you are. But that it's not 
because it's normal, it's because suddenly the famous weather for Melbourne is abnormal and it's caused by climate change, even though it's always been like this and even though your gene expression's always been the same if you're living there, things can change, but then suddenly it's all linked to climate change now. Take a listen to that video, listen to that audio again. Now, I'm not going to play it, but if you go back and listen to it later, that right there is is so much in one little package. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah, it can affect gene expression. Yeah, a lot of people die every year from it. But it's actually now just caused by climate change. It's not a normal thing anymore. So taking normal things, taking natural things, and then labeling them abnormal or unnatural so you can package a product and sell the product, even if it's just an idea, to solve that problem. And here's a great example of that. A deadly overlooked consequence of climate change. Bloomberg News reporting earlier this week. The largest outbreak of cholera in Mulawi. This outbreak of cholera since last January has killed a thousand people. Bloomberg says it's because of climate change. Then they go on to say, just like the Melbourne News report, that it's common to have cholera in Malawi. It's common. The disease is endemic to the East African country. But because this outbreak has taken more lives than the average, climate change is at least partly to blame. I don't think climate change is to blame for cholera. And maybe you say, I don't care what you think. That's Bloomberg. I believe them. Climate change is real. Disease is real. Hashtag science. Okay, well, then when we get to the back of the article, then Bloomberg sounds like an episode of The Secret Teachings, or it sounds like any actual scientist who understands very basic things about science and nature and the development of civilization. Pretty simple stuff. Here's what Bloomberg says. Cholera, a disease of poverty and poor infrastructure. Yeah, when you're impoverished, you don't have food and water, or you don't have clean food and water, you don't have hygiene, you don't have poor, you have no proper infrastructure, you have poor infrastructure, you don't have the ability to, to, to dispose of waste. So they say it's a disease of poverty and poor infrastructure, and they say it's because of fecal material in water, and this leads to things like cholera, because you don't have clean water, you don't have good hygiene, you don't have infrastructure, and you're poor. That's what causes disease. And when you fix those problems, not a vaccine, when you fix those problems, when you have better infrastructure, when you're not impoverished, when you have better hygiene, when you have clean water, disease goes away. That's why in the United States, we don't have these problems. That's why in places like Portland and San Francisco, they have bubonic plague. Why? Because the people that live on the streets there, the homeless people, the drug addicts, the tent cities, it's literally filth. It's fecal matter. It's drugs and needles. It's blood. It's people living in a cesspit of filth. Yeah, there's going to be bubonic plague. But it's not a particle that's waiting for the homeless camp to be set up. It's because you're living in those kinds of conditions. And that is not a debatable thing. That is 100% provable there is no way to debate that unless you just totally deny reality. But it gets, gets worse than that if you're 
you were thinking cholera was the only thing you have to worry about because of climate change. It's actually headaches and neurological diseases. So neurological diseases can be caused by climate change. Let's read up on the subject. The Independent reported back in November, I pulled this article out of my files so we can mention it tonight. As the planet becomes warmer, people with neurological diseases such as headaches, dementia, multiple sclerosis, and Parkinson's disease may experience worsening symptoms, scientists have warned. So it's so basically climate change isn't causing it, it's worsening these problems is what they're what they're telling you. The research was published in Neurology, Journal of the American Academy of Neurology, November 16th, 2022. A review of studies published on climate change in this journal and neurological diseases showed that extreme weather events and fluctuations in temperature were associated with a higher prevalence of stroke, as well as migraine headaches, hospitalizations of dementia patients, and worsening MS. Um, I would say that's true, but it's not because of climate change. Your gene expression probably changes. I think that's logical. And you are going to, since you're a product of the natural world, you're going to feel the effects of weather. It's not because of climate change. That's why when you go up to the Pacific Northwest or you go up to the Northeast, you go to a place like Buffalo, New York, or Rochester, New York, where it's dark 340 days of the year, you get like maybe a tiny little piece of sunlight in the afternoon for about three seconds. That's why people are so depressed. That's why there's so many, I say not just so many, there's, there's a, an excess of eating disorders and depression and suicide and drug use. Worse there than it is in places that are typically sunny. You also have vitamin D deficiency. That's not because of climate change. That's just the climate of that area. So is climate change worsening headaches and neurological diseases? These things can be made worse by changes in environment or made better. I mean, some people with allergies have to move to the desert and then their allergies get better. Some people like myself, I can't deal with cold weather, so I have to move to hot weather. It's pretty just basic, simple stuff. But no, instead of dealing with actual facts and actual reality, it's all about fear-mongering, and using psychology to manipulate you to believe things that are not true. Likewise, I've mentioned this many times before, we're not going to focus on it, but the University of Copenhagen has found hydrotrioxides in the atmosphere, and they say these hydrotrioxides, they're causing respiratory disease and cardiovascular disease. Very convenient. In the same way that a soil fungus is causing lung infections, it's causing respiratory distress. People are getting sick also with mystery illnesses and testing negative for COVID, RSV, and the flu. What could be causing the mystery illnesses? Uh, I would try diet, lifestyle, and watching too much news. Because everything I just mentioned to you, all the, the neurological conditions, the psychosis, basically the schizophrenia, the, the mental illnesses, all these things that are supposedly caused by climate change, a lot of that's caused by the news. A lot of that's because you watch CNN you watch Fox News, it's, it's not as much Fox News, but it's Fox News is just as bad for political reasons. But when it comes to climate change, you watch those broadcasts and it's just constantly cramming it down your throat, just like with Don Lemon, just like when he's talking to uh, Jamie Rome from NOAA. And he, he, Don Lemon just wants to know about climate change. He doesn't care about the hurricane. 
doesn't care about what it's doing. He just wants to know, is it caused by climate change? And no matter how many times he's told no, he just he keeps pressing in the same way that you've got everybody in the everybody in the scientific establishment saying California is having these storms because of climate change. And then you actually ask actual scientists that have no skin in the game. And suddenly it's like, well, I mean, theoretically, it could be causing that, but you can't actually quantify the things. I don't know if you remember this story. This is a huge, huge story. This story should have been on the front page of every single newspaper when it first came out from NASA and the Jet Propulsions Laboratory. This was November 2021. We talked about this in 2021, several times in 2022, and we've already, I think I've already mentioned it one time in 2023, sometime in, uh, sometime in January. But li- I want you to listen to this article. It says, Emission reductions from pandemic had unexpected effects on atmosphere. Climate change, vital signs of the planet, is the subtitle of the article. Now, this article, we're going to talk about this when we come back, says that although CO2 was reduced in terms of emissions, CO2 essentially stayed the same in the atmosphere, but because we reduced our emissions of it, it tampered with atmospheric conditions so that methane, which is the second supposedly leading greenhouse gas emission, so that methane actually increased in the atmosphere. And methane is much heavier than CO2. Methane is arguably worse by some standard than CO2. Actually, it's not just arguable. Methane is definitely worse than CO2 if you're talking about the the weight of these gases. So methane actually increased because of lockdowns. Now, I told you that in 2021, I covered that story. But now the Weather Network has reported just yesterday, just Wednesday, last night, scientists now know why methane mysteriously surged during lockdowns. Well, actually, NASA knew that two years ago, but this study was published in Nature It says the rise in methane emissions came from ecosystems that are typically methane sinks, like wetlands, and that reduced air pollution was one of the explanations for the rise in these emissions due to, quote, chemical changes in the atmosphere. Oh, so you can't just F with the body. You can't just F with nature and then expect things to be natural. You can't just genetically engineer and splice things and CRISPR-Cas9 things and then wonder, why, oh, why, oh, why did why did they grow another limb? Oh, why, why are they sick? Oh, oh, why is the climate changing? Because you mess with genetics, because you mess with the atmosphere. That's why things change. That's why things are messed up. We're going to talk about the details of that when we come back. And also, the New York Times article. Can we talk about how we talk about the weather? The 103rd meeting of the American Meteorological Society. And they're talking about the usage of words like bomb cyclone and atmospheric river. We've done shows on this before. Apparently, the New York Times finally caught up to the secret teachings. We talk about bomb cyclones and naming heat waves and atmospheric rivers and using names people had never heard before that scare them. Anthropomorphizing the storms, giving them the power of the titans. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. So don't go anywhere unless you go to our website at thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. You can also listen to the show for free on the website. It's not ad-free, the free archive. 
but it does support us because all those ads help pay our bills here on the show. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. The music, White Bat Audio. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and there's more after this. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings, keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player, or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to the secret teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's the secret teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. This is David John Oates from ReverseSpeech.com. You are listening to The Secret Teaching with Ron Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Research published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, November 9th of 2021, reported on by the Jet Propulsion Laboratory of NASA, showed that a reduction in CO2 as a result of pandemic lockdowns actually resulted in an increase in other greenhouse gas emissions because we inadvertently tampered with the natural environment. According to that report from the National Academy of Sciences and from NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, or Jet Propulsion Laboratory, the most surprising result of the research is that while carbon dioxide emissions fell by 5.4% in 2020, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere continued to grow at about the same rate as in preceding years. David Schimmel head of JPL's Carbon Group, co-author of the study, said during previous socioeconomic disruptions like the 1973 oil shortage 
you can immediately see a change in the growth rate of CO2. We all expected to see that this time too. End quote. But that's not what happened. CO2 continued to steadily grow and be maintained in the atmosphere despite a 5.4% reduction in emissions. That sort of throws a wrench into the whole Paris Agreement, into the whole World Economic Forum, Global Warming, UN, Climate Change narrative. The whole reduce emissions by 50% by 2030 or we're all going to die in a new World War II. Using data from NASA's Orbiting Carbon Observatory 2 satellite launched in 2014 and the NASA Godard Earth Observing System atmospheric model, the researchers identified several reasons for this result. So they used computer models, but the computer models are different in this case because they actually measured this in the atmosphere and it increased, it grew, even though emissions were reduced. So they tried to put models together to figure out what was happening. 5.4% drop in emissions is pretty significant, wouldn't you say? But it's because nitrogen oxides, NOxes, which in the presence of sunlight can react with other atmospheric compounds to create ozone, which are considered a, obviously a danger to humans and animals and, and plant health. But not uh, nitrogen oxides, um, they have an interesting chemistry that a lot of us probably don't know. I didn't know this till I read it. It's complicated. If you reduce carbon emissions, you reduce CO2, then that's going to affect other atmospheric compounds and chemicals like NOxes. So what happens is a drop in emissions doesn't decrease the concentration of other things, including methane, and because you reduced CO2 and tampered with the atmosphere in that capacity, methane actually grew by 0.3% in 2020, a faster rate, according to NASA, than at any other time in the last decade. And this is the big line here that's so important. With less NOx, nitrogen oxides, there was less hydroxyl radical to scrub methane away so it stayed in the atmosphere longer. That's a result of reducing CO2 emissions. It actually led to a continued growth of CO2, but it affected nitrogen oxide behavior, which led furthermore to methane accumulating faster in the atmosphere. Once again, and this is from NASA, this is from JPL. This is from the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. I don't know how much more scientific you can get about it. But once again, they say that the only solution to these problems is tampering with nature while blaming humans for tampering with nature and saying that's the reason they have to tamper with nature. Now, nature's fine, but when you start geoengineering and genetically engineering things to patent them, to control them, to own them, that's when you have a perversion of the natural world. Likewise, it's not the only reason, CO2, it's a complex process. They're not even entirely sure why. They just know that CO2 remained the same in the atmosphere, despite the fact that emissions dropped. In fact, it continued to grow in the atmosphere. So go ahead, cut emissions by 50%. It's not going to do anything except make the problem probably worse because like everything else, the world, the, the natural environment, the planet, our bodies adapt. 
We adapt to cold weather. We adapt to hot weather. The planet adapts. The climate adapts. Weather adapts. Everything adapts. Everything changes. It's not so much a matter of damage that's being caused. It's a matter of preference. Do you want to live in a hot environment or a cold environment? Do you want to live in an environment that is desert or that is forest? And then you can choose where you want to go live and you go live there. And that's just called life. It's not global warming or climate change. These are words that like COVID-19 or coronavirus-19 or SARS-CoV-2 are made up. Doesn't mean there aren't real things happening. Doesn't mean there aren't real particles. It just means you can't say that particle that you can't even purify and isolate caused that disease, which isn't a disease. It's just a set of symptoms that are not distinct to that particle. You likewise can't say that hurricane, that storm, that rain was caused by climate change, which means the rain is your fault for driving a car. That is absurd. Now, this story was from 2021. We talked about it. I put it in my book, The Technological Elixir, in one of the, one of the chapters. I believe it was on the first chapter in the book. Probably it's on climate and geoengineering. And I talked about this on the show many times last year. And now we have more confirmation of this. Scientists now know why methane mysteriously surged during lockdowns. It's not really mysterious, but if they want to call it mysterious, I guess they can call it mysterious. The article says that when the world came to a halt in 2020 with COVID-19 lockdowns, this caused a global decline in greenhouse gas emissions. And it did. Estimated 5.4%. It's probably not exactly that. You can't quantify it exactly, but it's an estimated. Despite the slowdowns of the lockdowns in highly polluting sectors like aviation manufacturing, methane, they're not mentioning CO2, which also continued to grow, but methane continued to climb and climb and climb. Biggest increase in over a decade. While carbon emissions are the main cause of rising atmospheric temperatures, they say methane is the second most abundant greenhouse gas and particularly hazardous pollutant that scientists are closely monitoring. I mean, if you want to be concerned with something, be concerned with methane. Methane's way worse than CO2. You need CO2. Plants need CO2. Methane is needed for the environment and the atmosphere too, but CO2 is really important. You can't label CO2 a pollutant like you can, I mean, methane. I don't know if I'd even say methane's a pollutant in the same way we think of chemicals and things like artificial synthetic chemicals. But nevertheless, methane's probably worse than CO2. So why are we focused on CO2? In the same way that, you know, an experimental shot with mRNA gene therapy is probably worse than just having a cough. The journal Nature reports that the rise in methane emissions came from ecosystems that are typically methane sinks, such as wetlands. Additionally, reduced air pollution was cited as an explanation for the rise in these emissions due to chemical changes in the atmosphere. Now, for those of you who might have tuned out for just a second there, including myself, maybe I didn't hear that correct the first time, let me read this for everybody again. Reduced air pollution. Reduced air pollution. Not increased. Reduced air pollution. Was also cited as an explanation 
for the rise in these emissions due to chemical changes in the atmosphere because you can't uck with Mother Nature. When you do that, there are going to be consequences. You can't splice spiders and goats and expect there not to be repercussions. You can't create animal-human, animal-insect, animal-insect hybrids and expect there not to be some kind of backlash from nature. You can't genetically engineer plants and animals and then eat them and expect there not to be some kind of consequence. Big biotech and the philanthropists and the corporations and the billionaires and the non-governmental organizations and the United Nations and the big banks that sponsor and finance and push and promote this anti-human, anti-nature garbage are responsible for any damage that's done to planet Earth. Not you and your car. Not you and your kid. They are responsible. The people telling you they can save you from a problem that doesn't exist, but the proof of the problem that doesn't exist comes from the problems that they've artificially created and inflated so that they can offer you a solution to something that otherwise wouldn't exist, wouldn't be a problem. You cut pollution or emissions and it causes chemical changes in the atmosphere that makes the problem worse because nature adapts and the planet breathes, period. Normally, I'd be willing to debate this, but this is not a debatable thing. If you deny that the planet breathes, if you deny that nature and humans and animals and everything else adapts, then aren't you denying a very fundamental building block of the mainline scientific belief system? That is evolution. We evolve by the second. Although it's not so much evolution in the Darwinian sense, it's more so we adapt by the second Gene expression changes. How we interact, how we live, everything changes, everything adapts. It's as simple as that. It's not climate change, it's not a virus. But they treat them the same way. That causes this. A causes B. It's not that simple, though. It's a complex, interconnected series of events and actions and reactions that cause things to happen. And to think that we can control the environment and the atmosphere, what did George Carlin say about that? The conceit to think that we have the power to jeopardize this planet by just living? I mean, if you want to detonate a couple hundred nuclear bombs in the atmosphere, you want to genetically engineer everything and, you know, cut certain genes out and add certain genes and create Frankenstein products and you want to change the genetics of humans and patent things and slap labels on it and sell it, put it on a lunchbox like Jurassic Park and sell it, then, you know, that's, that's what's causing the problems. That's, that's what's harming the natural world. That's what's causing the need for solutions. But it's not to things that we're doing. It's to things that, well, it's even if you want to talk about CO2, the, the top, what is it like? It's like the top 100 corporations are responsible for over 75% of all CO2 emissions. So how can you be opposed to, to CO2 emissions, but then support the big corporations that are responsible for the CO2 emissions? 
It doesn't make any sense. In the same way that I don't necessarily think that I don't want to, I'm not saying that it's because of driving gasoline powered cars. I'm saying if you're concerned with CO2, I'm not concerned with CO2. It doesn't matter to me because I know that when you reduce CO2 emissions, the planet suffers. Things get less green. Things get more brown. And not only that, it also means less food. And it also furthermore means more changes in the atmosphere, which will lead to more extreme weather. So by NASA's own admission, by JPL's own admission, by the Weather Network's own admission, by the National Academy of Science's own admission, by nature's own admission, what happens when you reduce the CO2 chemical changes in the atmosphere? So yes, maybe Joe Biden is right. Maybe the mainstream corporate banking media is right. Climate change did cause those storms in California. But if climate change did cause those storms, lockdowns therefore caused those storms because lockdowns led to less CO2 being emitted, which caused an increase, a jump in the atmosphere, which tampered with the natural atmospheric environment, chemicals, actions and reactions, and led to more methane and therefore atmospheric disturbances and therefore more extreme weather. They are responsible for this, not you, not your family but they're trying to gaslight you into believing that this is your fault, your fault, your fault, your fault, your fault. That's why they use such colorful language. Bomb cyclones, rain bombs, atmospheric rivers, like Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth 2, where he showed Arizona, he showed, I think it was Tucson in the, in the movie. Might have been Tucson. He's like, this is a rain bomb. This is the desert. You don't get rain bombs there. It's like, first of all, what, what, what the hell is rain bomb? Second of all, we do get rain here. It's called monsoon season. It happens twice a year, and we get a lot of rain here. But most people don't know about the desert. All you know about the desert is a kindergarten class where you have to like associate like maybe a, a cloud or a sun with a certain environment or something like that, right? Maybe you have like snow. Well, that goes on the mountain, and you draw a line and connect it. And oh, look, a cactus. That's the desert. That's dry. That connects to this. The sun, the sun is the desert. It's hot. They don't get rain there. Oh, we get rain here. But people don't know that. So Al Gore tells them that when it does rain, it's abnormal and it's because of climate change. These people are such liars. Just thugs, gangsters, criminals. It's disgusting. <clears throat> let, me, let me take a breath, though. Woosah, woosah. The New York Times reported just about two weeks ago that... We need to talk about how we talk about weather. Okay, well, maybe they heard the show because I've been saying that for a long time. And in fact, we did a show on this relatively recently. We talked about uh, on a couple shows how when we call things bomb cyclones and atmospheric rivers and rain bombs and we name storms and heat waves, it anthropomorphizes them and it makes them almost godlike or titan-like. So natural disasters and storms become living beings. And we invoke them and summon them to advance our, 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 our spiritual aspirations, if you will, uh, of climate change. Uh, the high priests do that to, to maintain and obtain even more than to maintain that power over the population. So, the 103rd meeting of the American Meteorological Society got together relatively recently to share their latest research. The subject line for those attending the society was daily forecast, a flood of scientific knowledge. 
According to the New York Times, there are some troubling undercurrents. Scientists are in consensus on the increasing frequency of extreme weather events. This is kind of a joke, but they say the blizzard in Buffalo. Hmm. The blizzard in Buffalo. I don't know about you, but you should probably go and uh, search Buffalo blizzard on the internet, and you'll find blizzards that are a lot worse than what just recently occurred. In fact, you don't even need to look up blizzards. Just look up the cancellation of the Buffalo, uh, or not the, what did they can't, I don't know if they canceled that. No, no, it wasn't a cancellation. That was the Bengals game. There was a Buffalo Bills game that if they had played it at home, they were going to have to postpone it because there was, there was like 72 inches of snow that fell on the stadium. I mean, in Buffalo. And then a few weeks later, there's a blizzard and it's like three feet or something. It's like half the amount. And they're like, it's the worst blizzard ever. Literally just days ago, (laughs) it got twice as much snow. So blizzards in Buffalo. Oh, no, it's just totally abnormal. Now, if that was blizzards in St. Pete Beach, Florida, where I'm from, yeah, I might be concerned. But it's in Buffalo in the middle of winter at a time when temperatures are getting cooler and we're heading into a mini ice age. I'm not surprised. But according to the New York Times, meteorologists and weather scientists are very concerned about this. Okay, well, they can be concerned, but they're just frightening themselves for no reason. So at the meeting, which was held in Denver, there was one concern that's very peculiar that was talked about. It's the way in which we discuss weather. The widespread use of colorful terms like bomb cyclone and atmospheric river, along with proliferating categories, colors, and names of storms and weather patterns, has struck meteorologists as a mixed blessing. Good for public safety and climate change awareness, but potentially so amplified that it leaves the public numb to or unsure of the actual risk. The new vocabulary devised in many cases by weather science community threatens to spin out of control. I actually agree with the New York Times, but only because someone probably heard my show and then they decided to write this article because this is what I've been saying. Clyde Lewis has been saying it on Ground Zero. Maybe they heard Ground Zero. Probably more likely they heard Ground Zero. He's got hundreds of affiliates. We don't. But... It's the same thing. We've been saying this for a long time. They anthropomorphize the weather. They turn weather into events that are very hard events. It happened at this time, at this place, rather than just a natural occurrence. And they anthropomorphize them to turn them into titans, which are expressions of natural disasters and weather, tornadoes, volcanoes, mudslides, you name it. And... They use these terms to frighten people. The the priests of the climate cult, they invoke the titans, they invoke the gods, and they use that power to control your perception of reality. According to the director of the Capacity Center for Climate and Weather Extremes of the National Center for Atmospheric Research, Cindy Breer, the language evolved to get people's attention These are just buzzwords, though, that unfortunately are are lacking meaning. 
She said, I have zero pictures in my head when I hear the term bomb cyclone. We need significantly clearer language, not hyped words. Uh, I agree, Cindy. We do. Why does it take so long for the established mainstream media and the mainstream university organization, you know, center director type people to acknowledge something that some guy like me who didn't even go to college who just fell ass backwards into radio can can pick up by reading news articles and just seeing the patterns and the inconsistencies. How can I pick this up, but they can't? Because they don't want to see it. Because it benefits people. Now, I'm not saying I agree totally with the New York Times. I don't know what their ultimate motivation was in actually allowing for this article to be published. Perhaps it's to create a more concise and dictionary-style collection and compilation of words where instead of bomb cyclone not really having a lot of meaning except it's bomb, so bombs are scary, perhaps they create an Orwellian type of a dictionary where they just tell you that it means something other than what it really means. Maybe this is a method to quantify and to put together all these words that you've heard and that are scary, but then to give these meanings that aren't actual, they don't actually mean anything to words that are otherwise just just buzzwords. That's kind of where, that's where I'd lean because I don't trust the New York Times. But once again, it's it's really strange when you you have acknowledgement that it's because of reducing CO2 emissions because of lockdowns, 5.4% reduction in 2020, that the atmosphere changed, which could cause extreme weather, which is being blamed on climate change, which is blamed on CO2, which was reduced, which caused other atmospheric alterations, which caused the extreme weather that's blamed on the CO2, which was reduced, so it can't be the CO2 causing it, right? You'd think that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm just I'm thinking, trying to think objectively and logically here. It's just, it's just really convenient when the Biden administration says, oh yeah, um, after that Jordan video came out from Project Veritas and, well, you've learned that we lied about the vaccines and adverse events and yeah, Pfizer's just manipulating the data on a computer and then selling you vaccines. We're going to end the emergency. You know, I just find it interesting that the Biden administration would would do that. If, if it's just a stunt, maybe it's for maybe it's for the re-election, right? And you could say, well, we ended the emergency, and they do it in the summertime. Less people are sick in the summer because of more sunlight. So it's like the numbers are down. We can end the emergency finally, and then start start looking at you know t- what did Joe Biden say when he said he, he was running for president, but he said he was running for the Senate. He's like, yeah, check me out, give me a look over, see if you like what you look over, and me and the thing, and the you know the thing. Maybe look him over, see if you like him and see if you enjoy paying $4 a gallon for gas and twice as much for food and be on the brink of nuclear war. I thought Trump was supposed to do that. I guess not. He actually brokered a peace deal with the North Koreans. Joe Biden's on the verge of starting a war with the Russians. That probably won't happen. It's all saber rattling to control the population, though. It's all psychology. It's all gaslighting. It's all manipulating your perception of reality. That's what it's all about. It's not even really flexing the muscles. But the Biden administration is telling you that Climate change is causing weather in California, but the scientists are saying, no, that's not true. You can't say that. So who am I supposed to believe? Somebody with dementia who's not running anything or scientists who make this their career? 
But if I ask that question, then it's also implied that I should believe the other scientists who base their version of reality that CO2 is causing all these problems, climate change being caused by humans. They say you should believe us because I'm a doctor or I'm a scientist. Okay, but there are other scientists that disagree. Are they not scientists? No. Well, then if they're not scientists because they disagree with the consensus, then that's not science. That's a cult, which is what this is. It's a cult of scientism. And just like with COVID-19, from the not breathing and from the lockdowns and the reduction of emissions or transmissions and vaccines in the form of mRNA or geoengineering to change the very makeup and foundation of your body, of the natural world, the people offering you those solutions to problems that are not problems, they're the ones that are causing the real problems that if they just stopped doing what they were doing, then you wouldn't be these problems. Whatever those problems are. Planets are very green right now. People are unhealthy for reasons that have nothing to do with particles. CO2, you can reduce the emissions, but it actually causes worse effects in the atmosphere reportedly. Where is this information? Where is this data being plugged into all the climate models? Nowhere. Nowhere. The climate models that they show you and the COVID-19 models they don't show you, making you think they're finding everything under a microscope, all of that is make-believe. All of it. So that means we just hear a, a story. We just hear a, a narrative. And it's not, it's not real. It's, we're just watching um, a movie. Might be based on something real, but it's, it's not real. And when you have a look at all of these, all these little tiny stories we talked about tonight, these are things that you, you, you could find by yourself. You don't need me to find them for you. You could find them for yourself. You don't have to dig very far I mean, read the Pfizer press statement or press release, the statement on the, the Jordan video. Well, you use computer models. We don't even use viruses. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been telling you. They use computer models. It's, they're, not, they're not playing with real viruses. Uh, it's not causing disease. It's a computer model. Yeah. Professor Chris Fallen from the Hadley Center for Climate Prediction and Research said this. The data doesn't matter. We're not basing our recommendations on the data. We're basing them on the computer or the climate models. Dr. David Fromm, or Frame, climate modeler from Oxford University, said, the models are convenient fictions that provide something very useful. Yeah, it's called mind control. Illuminati want control of your mind, soul, and your body. Secret society trying to keep their eye on me. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for listening. You can listen to the show five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. You can also check us out on any podcast or radio player. The show is free to listen. Please do listen for free. Listen as much as you can. Leave it on in the background. Download the show 10 times. Delete nine of them. We get money from those downloads and streams. Uh, over $1,000 a month now from the ads, which is big. That is what pays most of our bills. And it doesn't cost you anything. So I'd appreciate it if you keep listening there for free. Or you can subscribe to the archive with no ads. You get the montages, you get the digital books and more. 
And if you want to know about my books, just check them out at www.thesecretteachings.info. They're all there. Uh, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Liberty Shrugged. You buy a book, you subscribe, or you listen for free. You support us, you keep us on air. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday, February 3rd, 2023. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Broadcast.